Welcome to Culture Eats Strategy. Eats Strategy. With your host, entrepreneur Jamie J. Jamie J. On this podcast, we unpack the most powerful, intangible culture. Culture. Culture is way more than a mission statement or words on a wall. It's how a company behaves. It's what informs every decision, action, and reaction. Culture is the invisible hand, the true north that guides every organization. And if you create a legendary culture, you will build a legendary company. A legendary company. Now, here he is, Jamie J. Jamie J. Hello there. It is your host, Jamie J, with another episode of Culture Eat Strategy. I better pull the microphone up here so that you can hear me or read me as they say in the army or read me Lima Charlie. Uh, for loud and clear. Um, I am really stoked to have Brandon Vaughn on the line today. And the reason why I'm really stoked is he is all about systems and processes for his service-based industry. You know, I absolutely thrive. I freak out or geek out uh, what I call, when I, when I talk about systems and processes. For most people, it's nails on a chalkboard. It's the pain. It's the vein of their existence. But for me, I absolutely love it. And when I can meet someone else like Brandon who enjoys the same types of things, I tell you, it's going to be a great conversation. Quickly, before I introduce you to Brandon, um, I'm going to tell you a little bit more about him. But I also want to let you know, in full transparency, this is my company, Bottleneck.online, where we help stop the bottleneck in your business. If you're consistently finding yourself late for appointments or working on the weekends, or you're getting frustrated a lot easier, and you feel that the business that you created is now becoming your job, well, you might want to reach out to us at bottleneck.online. And what we'll be able to do is help outsource a virtual assistant to help take away the mundane details, those things that you can delegate to somebody else who can do the job 80% as good as you or better. That's all it takes. And you'll get your freedom back. So that's go to bottleneck.online and uh, I would love to chat with you there. But the real reason you're here is because you want to talk with Brandon. You want to hear what Brandon Vaughn has to say because he scaled a very small service company with zero employees to over 60. I'm going to say that again, from zero employees to over 60 and went from 8,000 a month to nearly half a million a month. And get this, he did it in in less than six seasons. He's really passionate about creating company culture where employees can thrive. You know, I love that. Otherwise, I wouldn't have a show called Culture Strategy. He was awarded the 2017 SBA Small Business Person of the Year for the state of Oregon and now helps small business owners systemize their companies. Brandon, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Jamie. Pleasure to be here. So stoked, man. I love the fact... It's it's like what's that show? You had me at hello. <laughs> Dude, that's how that's how I felt when I saw when uh, I saw the invite for when we first got connected and I saw culture eats strategy and I saw your brand and your mission and everything that you're about with culture. I was like, all right, Jamie and I are going to have a good time geeking out on culture and strategy. <laughs> I love both of those things a lot. Yeah, this is fantastic. So you have a company that's called Automate Grow Sell. Yes, ACSConquer.com. Uh, before we really start jumping into some of the things that got you from zero to 60 employees in less than six seasons and half a million a month, can you tell us a little bit more about who you are in AGS? 
Yeah, well, I mean, you know, part of part of how I arrived to um, you know be a part of automate, grow, sell, and help service-based businesses, you know, automate, grow, and create sellable companies, uh, is because I was a product of my product. I am my target customer. As I was growing the business from zero to sixty employees, um, I experienced all the pain, the suffering all these different, you know, breakthrough points that I had in my business to where I just didn't know what I didn't know. And I didn't realize how important systems were. And I really didn't realize how important culture was in my company until uh, I actually had a point where I was curled up in the fetal position on my couch, crying in a full-blown panic attack, telling my wife, employees suck and I quit because I had no clue that culture was even a thing as we were growing. So uh, I wanted to basically help other people, kind of like similar to you. I wanted to help other people uh, break through those barriers and prevent the same mistakes that I did. And so that's what we do now, help service-based businesses uh, do the same thing. So do you mind me asking uh, that when you were in that fetal position, what, <laughs> what, was, what was the straw that broke the camel's back there? So we were, we were about two years in. Um, I bought the company actually from uh, my dad, which I mean not to go too far back, but he was an owner operator window cleaner for 33 years. The business never did more than about, you know, eight grand a month. And, uh, he was diagnosed with heart disease, um, after 33 years told he couldn't work physically anymore. Mm -hmm. So the business was basically faced with closing down, no retirement, no savings. So, um, you know, we're kind of at that point to where I had to buy the business. Otherwise my dad couldn't retire and the business was just, would just die. So, about two years in, we were starting to grow. We were booked out uh, for about two months solid in my, you know, my company for, um, you know, probably I'd say three or four of our trucks, and we were kind of growing, kind of getting that good steady clip going. And uh, over half of my employees quit uh, within thirty days of each other while we were booked mm-hmm. out solid. And it was at that point where literally I just got like, you know, the first news and then just a couple days later, the next guy, and then a couple days later, the next guy, and then a couple more guys. And, uh, it was devastating. And it was at the point to where, you know, I was just done. I was like, man, my dad had it right the whole time. Just be an owner operator, you know, don't, don't hire employees. Employees are terrible. And, uh, it was an epiphany for me. It was in a moment where I kind of broke through and realized that um, I just wasn't, you know, putting any kind of culture, emphasis on culture, really didn't even know what it was at that point in time. So from then to now, what do you understand culture to be now? Um, there was a couple books that were really game changing for me. One of them was called The Dream Manager by uh, Matthew Kelly. I'm not sure if you've ever heard of that book, but it's an um, unbelievable uh, story about a company with a 400% a year turnover. And they basically, yeah, 400%. They turned every employee in their company four times a year, every position of their tech. Holy cow. They were a janitorial company. And um, one of the things about my business is, you know, we did exterior cleaning um, and most people didn't grow up. Most of the technicians that came to work for me, they didn't grow up with a dream to be a window cleaner or a dream to be a roof cleaner. That wasn't like their dream job, you know, not right. like the sexiest profession ever. I think it is, but not everyone else <laughs> thinks the same thing. So um, one of our you know, focuses that we started switching uh, up especially was um, helping our employees fulfill their dreams. 
And that sounds really cliche, but if you help enough other people get what it is that they want in life, then you can have everything you want in life. That's like a backwards quote from Zig Ziglar. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's one of those things that we just started investing and working with our employees first and said, you know, hey, this may not be your dream job, but we want the time that you're here uh, to say this was the best company I ever worked for and they helped me get to that next level professionally to get my new dream job, whatever that is, whether it's internally with our company or externally with another company. We wanted to be that bridge that really helped lift them up and, you know, help them get that next dream job. So when we focused on that, uh, things changed a lot for us in our business. That's really interesting. Some of the things that you would focus on, like what made this a great stopover for them if it was a stepping stone to get somewhere? Because I, before, before you answer that, I totally agree with you. Mm. Um, we have a girl, she's our social media manager, Christine. She's unbelievable. She's awesome. Her dream is to play the violin. She wants to go to Juilliard. She, she plays right now in the Manila Symphony. And wow. she just absolutely lives for her violin. And that's what she wants. And she wants to be able to share the violin with kids and, and give them the, you know, the gift of music. And she that's does awesome. a fantastic job for us. But I know she wants to go somewhere else. And I just embrace it. I love it. I, I ask her every time how music's going. It, it, and it's, it's those little things, I think, for me anyways, that I've really been able to um, develop a, not only just a sense of trust with the staff, but a, mm -hmm. a sense of a, a family. You know, not to sound cheesy, but I think they would do anything for me and I would do anything I could for them. Yeah, and, and that's the key. That's the key right there. You nailed it. Absolutely. I mean, what, one of the things that, um, you know, we really focused on was uh, if we sat down with an employee and told them, hey, look, you're either going to be someone who decides to be in here for the long haul, maybe wants to be a manager, a salesperson, you know, something, something down the road. Uh, we're going to give you a very clear path on how you can go that direction. Or if your dream is to you know, be a graphic designer or own your own video editing company or, you know, whatever that looks like, be a software developer. Uh, we're going to, we're going to actually provide you classes, uh, free classes to be able to go and get that dream job, get the skills that you need. Uh, and the reason why I think this is so important is that the, the natural landscape for hiring has changed. Mm. People 40 years ago used to look like with a badge of honor working at the same company for 20, 30, 40 years. You know what I'm, you know what I'm talking about? You know, oh, the yeah. baby boomer generation where it's like, yeah, I've had this job. I got this when I was 18 and I'm retiring there now. Got this big old fat pension. Like I'm set, you know, that's, they, that was a badge of honor. Now this generation views that as a death sentence, you know, working at the same job, you know, the same place. They, they like, you know, the instant gratification of certain things. They also want to make an impact immediately, even in jobs that maybe necessarily don't really create a whole lot of impact. Um, so I think that when, when you kind of understand that you're going to experience more turnover in your company, it helps you not only work on systems to make sure that your training systems are really good and on par, but also invest even more heavily into culture uh, mm -hmm. because that is like the competitive thing now to where people care most about their working environment and being a positive working environment, almost even more so than what the th actual thing is that they do. Well, for sure, more than the actual thing that they do. Yeah. And we've heard it before. People don't leave or quit companies. They leave or quit managers. Right. Or bosses. Right. And, 
And I, I think I think that is can be said in any kind of business. And I, I love the fact that you brought it up uh, earlier, talking about the good things that you can do um, to help people enjoy it while they're there, all the while knowing that, hey, I support you. I have your back. I'm going to help you. You're helping us. It's a, it's, a, it's a win-win situation. And a lot of people, frankly, are afraid to do that. Because yeah. Oh, yeah. Have you ever had an experience like that? Yeah, a lot of people who I talk to, it sound they're like, that is really backwards way. What do you mean? You want to encourage them to quit your company? Like, don't you want to keep these people? It's like, it's it's um, of course, of course you want to keep people. But you know, in my company, the entry level position of being, you know, a window cleaner or a roof cleaner or you know, doing this manual labor, I wouldn't want to wish someone to be doing that for 30 years. I would yeah. You know, want to celebrate them and, and you know see them move on to something else. I mean, it is an entry level position. Why can't we just embrace the fact that it's an entry level position, but instead look at ways that we can provide impact in other areas of their life? Um, for instance, when we would do our regular team meetings, we didn't just talk about you know business KPIs and here's where our growth is and here's what this is and got to make sure those fixes and callbacks aren't you know too high. We got to keep this. We started um, implementing like Dave Ramsey Financial Peace University classes into our team meetings, teaching people how to make a household budget, um, you know, teaching people how to improve their credit scores, um, you know, talking about positive things in their life, always starting with something positive. And, you know, if they were progressing towards their dream goal, you know, whatever dream they had set for themselves. And we had some of our guys that would, uh, you know, go to Uganda for three months and, you know, New Zealand and travel all over the world because we were helping them with that structure of being able to achieve those dreams, you know, in incremental mm. ways. Um, and then coincidentally, we would also get our number one lead source for new employees were referrals from existing customers. So then we didn't have to spend so much time in acquisition costs to go find new employees. They came to us. So it changed from this advertising model that we used to do to a lot more of an attraction model to where, you know, people would show up and we'd be like, yeah, we're, we're full right now. We don't have anyone. So it gets the, it gets the desired result, even though it, a lot of people may think of it as being counterintuitive. I'm curious to know, what does your hiring process look like? <clears throat> so are you talking about like all the way from the initial job applicant? Well, yeah. In, in- so an applicant, an applicant comes to you and says, Hey, I want to, I want to get a job here. So, um, Typically what we do is when, you know, we would actually have a process even from the original um, advertising thing to where they had to jump through hoops to show they could follow instructions. So we would bury in the body of our posts an actual phone number they'd call up and they'd have to leave a voicemail and you'll follow specific instructions in the voicemail. You know, to kind of weed out some of those people that just didn't follow any instructions whatsoever. Yeah. Or through like the resume at a hundred different job ads all at once. And then you, so that was the one thing. Second thing, we sit down and interview them. You know, we kind of talk to them about the path of, you know, the dream manager program that we put in place. Um, you know, either you're going to stick with us long term or, um, you know, maybe this is just a stopover, have a really candid conversation around that and, you know, not play this whole game that, yeah, we want people to be in here, you know, company men and women for, you know, 20, 30 years. And then by the time that we went through the, you know, we went through the phone screen process um, we did the in-person uh, screening process, and then we actually did a working interview uh, period to where they actually got a chance to try on the job before they actually fully came up on board. 
Oh, and wow. that was a, a really good pivotal point that saved a lot of headache because, you know, some people um, don't think they're scared of heights until they get up on a 30 foot roof and kind of look over the edge. And then they're like, yeah, I can't do that. Yikes. <laughs> so, you know, we would have, you know, certain, certain things like that. But then when we brought them, um, you know, actually brought them on board, I think one of the most critical parts um, once you've hired someone is having a really robust training period where you know exactly you have it documented. This is what they do on day one. This is what they do on day two. Here's what they do on day three. And, you know, give them a welcome basket, introduce them to your company culture and the vision, and they understand who you are and what you're about. Um, in your hiring process and in your interview questions, you have to always be aligning against your core values in your company. And, um, you know, things like that were really important. We actually would ask interview questions specifically to make sure they were aligning with our core value. And we also did disc assessments and some other things. Mm -hmm to kind of screen out, you know, certain, certain candidates. But it was very, very systemized and predictable. So how long did it take you to come up? So how far out did you go? Day one, day two, day three? Like, did you go out 60 days? Like, yeah, what, well, we, every day? For, for one of our new technicians, we set it as a goal to where from day one that they came to um, being fully automated to where they could go out and do work unsupervised, we set a two-week goal. Okay. Which in our industry is really fast. I mean, yeah. back in the day when someone would have asked me how long it takes to get a window cleaner trained, I would have told like six months to a year, like, you know, just a lot of things you can't, but we, we were able to condense that because we were really intentional with exactly what they were going to learn. Um, so that two week period, but then, you know, having, um, a 30 day check-in and then a 60 day check-in and then a 90 day check-in where you're actually doing a performance review. And you're saying, okay, here's your training checklist. And we would actually print out um, two, two uh, checklists with scorecards where they would fill out their scorecard on how they feel they're doing in these areas. And then their trainer would fill out the scorecard on how they're doing in these areas. And then they would kind of compare to see, you know, what oh, wow. areas they were, you know, kind of missing as a gap. Because what's interesting is when you have someone score themselves, they'll either say, oh yeah, I'm all tens. And the trainer's like, no, you're like a three and a two and, you know, some of these areas here or even vice versa. So, um, you know, putting some of those things in place where you're checking in on a really regular basis uh, helps make sure that everyone's operating at their peak performance and that there's no gaps in their training process. I love that. I think that's fantastic. Yeah, it worked really, really well. I mean, before, before it was kind of like this. Um, okay, so let's see. All right, well, welcome to the team. Uh, you're going to go with John, and John's going to show you the ropes. So just tag along with John. <laughs> And then John would get really burnt out because he didn't know what to train him on. He was just like, yeah, so come on with me and here's this and here's that. And uh, let's see, what else can I show you? You know, yeah. and that just creates, it burns out your team. It creates all kinds of weird gaps all over the place. Um, you know, the happiest employees are ones who their boss set really clear expectations and really clearly defined roles. And yep. a lot of people don't realize how important those things are to creating a really positive culture inside of a company. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, I absolutely love that. How long did it take you to develop the process? <laughs> or, or should I say, is it still ongoing? It's always ongoing, right? Living, I mean, breathing. Yeah, no matter how systemized your business is, um, your business is perfectly calibrated and perfectly systemized to deliver the exact result that you're getting right now. So if you and your business, if it's messy and it's chaotic, a lot of people say, well, I don't have systems. Well, you do. Your business is actually fully systemized right now. 
some of the processes may live up in your head. It may be like, you know, putting your finger up to the wind and seeing which direction it's going. And then you, you know, what am I going to do today? (laughs) Yeah. That's a system. I mean, and that's what it is. It's a bad system and it's not very calibrated. And therefore the results you're getting are, you know, because of exactly how it's systemized. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, you're always, you're always tweaking, you're always making small adjustments to your business systems and, and, and making them just a little bit better and a little bit more of an improvement. And, uh, that's the awesome thing about, you know, what we're doing now is we have a, a community of 150 uh, service business owners um, that are inside of our mastermind group called Conquer, and everyone collaborates together and are you know sharing all their resources and documents. And we have hundreds of documents and resources and tools in there and training programs, so that people can actually systemize their business and not feel so alone during the process. Which I felt very alone during the process trying to create all this stuff. Yeah, holy cow! What a great idea. I love mastermind. I've talked on that several times. Um, this is actually a great segue. How do, how do people reach out to you to learn more about, you know, the mastermind and, and all the things that you're doing? So, um, great question. Uh, <laughs> if, if people go to, uh, agsconquer.com, mm-hmm. uh, the AGS stands for automate, grow, sell, and it explains a lot more, um, about our mastermind program. Uh, we only work with home service based companies, home services companies. So, uh, cleaning companies, landscapers, pest controls, carpet cleaners, you know, plumbers, electricians, contractors, uh, just in, in that type of industry. Cause one of the cool things about just working in one little specific niche is that so many systems are the same across all of these, you know, because you are having service technicians and laborers going out, fulfilling the actual work. Right. And, um, this is the area where I see, has the biggest vacuum of positive culture in this industry because there's just a lot of use and abuse of technicians inside of the service industry. Um, and to me, it's, it's, it's kind of sad, especially because a lot of owners are looking at millennials and, oh yeah, millennials don't want to work. They don't do anything. They're slow. They're entitled. They're this. And I think it's sad because I think millennials actually respond to positive culture probably better than just about anybody else. Yeah. And I think that you can see the biggest improvement in your business if you focus on culture with this generation as opposed to, you know, one different ones. I mean, everyone has sure. their own, you know, different nuances to it, but um, you can see dramatic improvements in your business by focusing on that kind of culture. Where, where is a business owner in the service industry? Where are they in their business when it's a good time to come and knock in? Usually um, they're trying to make the transition or have already made the transition, but just, just barely um, out of the truck. So they were the technician, they were the operator, and now they got some employees under their belt. And usually the people who we like to work with in our mastermind program, um, you know, they have, you know, several employees up to, you know, I'd say probably like 40 or 50 employees. And they're trying to kind of break through that next barrier because, you know, like you and I were talking about right before we hopped on, you know, this spot from zero employees to 10 employees requires a couple different, you know, nuances of things. And then when you get up to 25 and 30 employees and you start getting like middle managers and things that kind of come in play and you have to start building leadership and then you get up to 50 and, you know, 60 and a hundred plus. And every single one of those different areas has different levels of management and responsibilities and oversight because you can't do it all alone that require you to look at 
tweaking some of your culture systems yeah. and starting to build up your managers to embrace culture and to lead people rather than just, you know, managing, managing people. Yeah, it gets crazy. I th- I'm going through that right, the second part of that right now, yeah. where I've re-swizzled, re-swizzled, <laughs> and I'm cutting like re-swizzling again. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's always, you know, every time when you feel like, okay, I got, it's like this balance between, you know, growth and stabilization. And then you grow more and you have like, oh, I got to get all these new systems. And there's all these new friction points where you didn't know there was friction points. Like, what the heck is that? I thought we had this. Wait, how is that bucket leaking over there? I just filled the hole on this side. Right. Right. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, if you, any of your listeners are, you know, service-based companies, um, you know, that are trying to grow, trying to automate, and just the thought of hiring more employees seems really intimidating. Uh, that's really where we we really shine because we have um, 13 certified coaches that all own seven and eight figure service companies, and they do nothing but just work with people one-on-one in very, very small groups, um, helping them, you know, build out the systems in their company. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, I can't thank you enough for stopping by uh, and sharing your wisdom. My Aaron. pleasure on the podcast. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we wrap? One of the things we talked about real briefly was about business systems. Um, some mm-hmm. people are really intimidated by the thought of creating business systems. I'm going to give you one quick little tip on how you can start making super, super simple systems. Uh, training. The next time you have a new employee and you're training them, do one of two things. Number one, get screen recording software on your computer and talk into the camera, a little webcam, and record your screen. Document the stuff while you're training an employee. You know, if you're walking them through your CRM or some of your processes or some of the stuff that you do on the internet for part of your stuff, just video document it and then save it. How to enter a new client into our CRM. You know, how to schedule this job for this. Like save it and capture it as a system. Or if you're teaching someone how to do something um, like washing windows and you're the guy that's telling them, give your cell phone to them and say, okay, I want you to just video record me while I teach you this thing over here. And then now you're, t- you're creating a training system. You're, you're creating something that doesn't require you to have to now repeat yourself all over again. Someone, when they come in and train, they can sit down in front of a computer and they can watch videos and they can get a lot of the basic stuff so that you can focus a lot more on the watch part and, you know, those backend systems rather than having to repeat yourself every single time you hire a new employee or someone. Mm. So it doesn't have to be complicated. I prefer video systems over documented systems almost any day of the week. So just get in and start creating them. And then you can organize them later and make it more pretty and put it into an LMS and do some other cool things. I love that. Do something as if it's the last time you're ever going to do it. Just execute. Just go do it. What are you waiting for? (laughs) Get it, man. (laughs) Well, that's fantastic. Thank you again for stopping by uh, and sharing your wisdom. Again, it's agsconquer.com. And uh, can you tell everybody what AGS stands for one more time? Automate, grow, sell. We help businesses automate, grow, and create sellable companies. I love it. Well, thank you again, uh, Brandon. It's it's been a pleasure. Thank you, Jamie. Awesome talking to you, man. Great. Hold on one second, and I'll go ahead and wrap up. Um, We've been talking to Brandon Vaughn today, um, and he is killing it over there at agsconquer.com. If you're a service-based industry, if you're a janitor, janitorial company, a cleaner, window washer, roof washer, 
service-based industry, you have to go to agsconquer.com. Can't recommend it enough because you know what I know in that systems are everything, but you may not know what I know in the fact that you don't always know what you don't know. And this is a really good way of learning about that process and whether or not you're ready to take that leap. Uh, so if you're just getting out of the truck, uh, you have a couple new uh, people on board, a couple new team members, you're at the point in your business, at the growth, at the right stage in your business to go talk with HS uh, Conquer, Brandon Vaughn's crew over there. Uh, without any further ado, I'll go ahead and wrap up. Thank you so much again to Brandon Vaughn of agsconquer.com. Please go check it out. You can check out all the links in the show notes that we put on there. So if you're listening to this while you're on the drive, uh, don't do anything. Continue driving, but go back, listen to it. Go to agsconquer.com or you can visit us at culture.bottleneck.online and uh, you can just search Brandon Vaughn and he'll pop right up there. So thanks again for tuning in. Remember, if you're feeling stressed out, and you're growing your business, uh, don't forget to check out bottleneck.online and look for a virtual assistant may be able to help you out. And heck, if you're in the service industry, talk to Brandon, learn everything you need there, then come to us and hire a VA. <laughs> all right. Thanks so much for tuning in. And I hope you all have a pleasant day. We'll talk, we'll talk with you later. 